popcorn for dinner. This is Jeff and Kelly. 160 episodes in, mm-hmm. we have done quite a few movies. Yes. Uh, and we've done a whole bunch of different theme months for these movies, whether mm-hmm. it be actor, genre, franchise, director, director, like all sorts of different ones. Mm-hmm. And it just sort of feels good to kind of do a little not even curveball just mm-hmm. just just something to change things up just a little bit yeah give it a little bit of a little something else <laughs> put a little twist on it yeah, put a little english <laughs> on it i guess um still no clue what to even call this month it's kind uh, of a like choose your own adventure month it's like a ladder game i don't know it's 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 <laughs> it's six degrees of separation but we don't know what sorta, the end is sorta and we also don't know exactly how it'll relate like there's yeah. kind of no rules for that because we're just we're just gonna do it yeah uh but essentially the the concept of this month is that we're just gonna we're gonna pick movies in response to other movies yeah this week, Kelly picked a movie, and then next week, I'm going to pick a movie that I feel is in some way a response to that movie, <laughs> however I deem that to be. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then it sort of, it, I guess it's kind of like a game of telephone, because then you'll respond to that movie in a way that you feel is, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, applicable, even if it's not like, oh, yeah, this is the same actor, or yeah. something, you know, it could be something sort of uh, a little more <laughs> theoretical or something. It's Who knows? Our chess match. Moment. Yeah, sort of, I guess so, except it's not like we're, uh, there's, yeah, we're not there's, competing. Yeah, there's no real, there's no like score. Like, I did it, I won. <laughs> that doesn't really My movie was go. first. Yeah. Um, so it should be fun, and I'm excited to see where it goes. And like, it's it's sort of fun to have a like goal that you're working towards. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, certainly, just something where it's like, oh, okay, it's got to be a certain thing. It can't just literally be like, uh, I'll just pick that one off the shelf or something. Yeah, you know, it's got to be like, oh, there's a there's something there that you kind of got to connect. Yeah, and it makes it a little more fun. But to start off this month, uh, and God knows where it's going to take us. That's sort of the fun part of it, I think. Yeah. Like, if this goes really well in a ridiculous way, I might never want to do it another way again. <laughs> like, just, just have it be literally this be this, yeah, this, like, constant weird evolution of a month. Who knows? Um, <clears throat> but to start it off, uh, we are going with the 2001 American coming-of-age comedy film, The Princess Diaries. I am so excited to talk about this one. <laughs> I... I don't talk about this movie a lot, mm-hmm. but I fucking love it. <laughs> like, I've seen it a bunch. Uh-huh. Sitting down and watching it for this, though, I realized I never sat down and watched it from the beginning. <laughs> all the way, like, all the way through? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, there there were, like, the, the opening, like, five, ten minutes hadn't seen before. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So there were, like, there was a callback at some point. That like I never knew was a callback. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And so yeah. I was like, oh, sweet. Now <laughs> I get it. It's even better. Yeah. Right. Like I already loved this movie, uh-huh. and now here we go. <laughs> so super excited to talk about it. Um, I guess uh, a first sort of question is that when when did you see it? Did you see it right when it came out, or at least in the general vicinity? I did not see it in theaters. That's for sure. Okay. Um. This may have been a movie that I've only seen like on the Disney Channel. Gotcha. Okay. I so, definitely there's there's a few movies that I I have a feeling are like that that if I ever went back and watched them in full, 
I'd be like, oh, man, I feel like that's what it was like when we watched Black Sheep. <laughs> you know, it mm-hmm. was like I saw that movie on like what MTV or whatever, like yeah. a million times, and they would just <laughs> randomly play it. And I'm sure that there was shit that I was like, oh man, they cut that out. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that part at all. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I understand the vibe. Yeah. Um, I obviously was sort of never in the demographic of this movie. Yeah. I I think the movie. I th- <laughs> I'm trying to find a way to put it. I think it is in this movie's favor that I watched it now. As opposed to as a younger teenage boy. Because Mm -hmm. if I had watched it then, I would have just been like, what a pile of girl movie garbage. Yeah. And just like made fun (laughs) of it and never given it even like a half a second Mm -hmm. to to really like work its magic. Because watching it now, you're just sitting there like, God damn it, it is unfair how adorable Anne Hathaway is. Right. You know, like Uh. it it being her first movie ever is amazing. Mm -hmm. And it's like there were just there were so many parts in the movie that I wrote into my notes. I was like, this would not be be fun for me right now if she wasn't so hilarious in just the way that she is she's she's so great she and just like her her timing and her her ability to like work within the scene and like i'm sure you found it in your research that when they're at the school outside on the bleachers and and she's walking up and down and she falls like that wasn't scripted. That just happened. Mm-hmm. And I knew that beforehand, like watching it this time, uh-huh. I knew exactly when that scene was coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, here we go. This is she's going to walk up and down and then she's going to turn. And she's going to slip and fall. And she's. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> there was a, there was another one that I read about, too, where uh, at the dinner party, when the guy's arm lights on fire, like it was supposed to just go completely out when they dunk it in that thing of ice. And mm-hmm. it didn't. And she like, oh, and threw her water glass on it, like for reals, like, oh, my God, his arm's still on fire. Yeah. And they kept that in there, too, which is great. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, it's, she's a natural. It's ridiculous. And it is a coming of age movie. It's a lot of kinds of movies. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like uh, it's sort of fairy tale in that way of like, you are a princess from mm-hmm. a far away land. And, yeah. you know, the it's fact very that Disney. <laughs> yeah. It, the fact that it's a made up country, uh, I feel uh, that was was one thing that held it back for me is just like not even to say that it would be great if it was like she's gonna be the queen of england through yeah. the, through some weird crazy whatever mm-hmm. it was just like every time anything was mentioned about it i was just like this is fake this is this is a weird fake genovia. country yeah genovia it's just it's like it sounds like a, a, a planet from star wars it doesn't sound like a country <laughs> uh on our planet and it's just it, it always seems silly to me when when movies or things do that where they're like we don't want to implicate a real country yeah. So we've created a country. And if you know countries, you know this isn't a country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. just a little odd to me. Also, the fact that, like, what what's her name? What's her name? Julie Andrews. <laughs> um, her playing the queen, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, okay, she married into this royal family. Right. Uh, so she is all British and shit because you assume she's probably English. Yeah. So... That's why, you know, she's the queen of Genovia, mm-hmm. but she's British because she married into the family or whatever. There's barely anything with the dad who has died before the movie started. Yeah. And there's just that brief voiceover later. That's all you with ever With the letter, get. which I thought was really strange. That moment I thought was weird because they, they started with her voiceover and then like mm-hmm. halfway through they cut to his voiceover before it cut to him writing the letter. And I was like, why are we doing both? What is happening here? Pick one. But he doesn't seem to have any noticeable accent or any sort of like, 
I don't know anything about what Genovia is or the Genovians or whatever. <laughs> you know, it, like it, it makes it seem like she's going to be the princess of like some weirdo land full of weirdo people that we don't see. You know what I mean? Like it, there, it was, there was something odd about it where the people that we meet, like Joe, the bodyguard yeah. and the queen and these people, like these people are clearly not Genovians, they... so to speak. You know what I mean? So there is a part two to this. Oh God. Like, well, I mean, you, obviously you, I, there's I a second say, movie. There's I wrote, the royal engagement. Yeah. I just, I wrote at the very end, I wrote, oh, <laughs> welcome to Genovia is the last line of the movie. So yeah, you wonder there's probably a sequel. <laughs> oh yeah. Duh. Um, and I have seen the sequel. Uh, obviously, because I playing love with this. a stacked deck here. You know, you do see and meet a bunch of Genovians, and they're all very British. Okay, so or at least just, most of them are very British, UK sort just of average white European people. Yes, not like super ethnic eh, with accents and uh, none, none of that stuff. They're just like, oh, hello, we are Genovians. Exactly. Yes. Weird. They're all. They all have that like. I mean, it would have been weird either way. Voice. <laughs> it's just a country of fancy people. Exactly. Uh, which explains why they're so rich. That was something that seemed odd to me too. Is like Genovia. I mean. I, if we're living in the same world as this movie, then Genovia hasn't been a part of world politics or anything at all. <laughs> Nobody ever mentions them. So, like, how rich could they possibly be? How good could their royal life actually be? I mean, um, they have a bountiful pear crop. Yeah, <laughs> that'll do it. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's, like I said, there's just something silly about the fake country thing that always gets to me. But in the end, it doesn't matter because just the whole point is that, you know, she's... She's the weird, frumpy, ugly girl yeah, who gets the makeover. It's still Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Like, even as a young girl, she, she was a pretty girl. It's, <laughs> I mean, like, there's something weird about that thing in general. The whole, like, you make your character ugly. Like, uh, like uh, uh, Love Potion number nine, mm -hmm. what they did to poor Sandy. Right. You know what I mean? Just, like, make them, give them a unibrow. We love that. Big, horrible eyebrows are the thing. Mm -hmm. Make sure to make everyone feel self-conscious about that. Mm -hmm. Either way, though, it's the classic ugly duckling mm -hmm. turns into the beautiful swan while also yeah. being a princess. Like, it's a huge, like, wish fulfillment <laughs> movie. Like, the nerdy outcast girl at the private school. <laughs> sort of rich kid private school. I don't know. I don't like. So I don't like when so movies. Pale private school. Yeah, I don't like when <laughs> movies set themselves at private schools and in ways that try to make the kids feel like they're like downtrodden. It's like you're at fucking private school, kid. <laughs> I mean, they did say that her dad paid for school. He's Still. a fucking prince, so he can afford the <laughs> the nicest private school wherever the fuck they want to live. They're living in a converted firehouse, which, by the way, <laughs> that would be like that would be so expensive. <laughs> People want to live in those kinds of places. Well, depends. <laughs> depends on depends on how it's zoned. <laughs> Ever since seeing this movie, I've wanted to live in like an old converted firehouse. <laughs> and when we were downtown for Chrissy's bachelorette weekend, there's a firehouse for sale. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Just saying. I mean, yeah, Julie Andrews, Anne Hathaway, Hector Elizondo. Yeah. Fucking finally seeing this one after like however many years ago it was we watched Valentine's Day that he was in. Yeah. And I was like, no. <laughs> He's in a better movie. Better. You got to see it. <laughs> Heather Matarazzo. Oh, I love Heather Matarazzo. Mm -hmm. uh, she will always be Martha, Martha Meeks. 
from Scream <laughs> 3 to me because that's just the first mm-hmm. thing I ever saw her in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the most hilarious one to me was uh, Michael Robert Schwartzman because he's uh, I, all of this I learned afterwards. He's Jason Schwartzman's brother, of obviously, course. the of Schwartzman course. family, yes. like the Coppola Schwartzman Hollywood empire or whatever <laughs> that's going on over there. Uh, but I wrote down. Uh, it was the scene when he showed up and and told her that he felt royally flushed <laughs> and mm-hmm. then left. Uh, I was like, is fucking Michael in Oasis or something with this fucking haircut? Like, it is so, oh my God. And I looked into it. He's the lead singer of Rooney. <laughs> and I'm like, of oh yeah, of course he is. Of course 100% he is. hundred percent of course he fucking is. Like, it just, it was the That's funniest. Amazing. Yeah, right? I was like, oh, my God. So he is the dude from the band. Like, that's why he looks like that. Because yes. when I first saw him, I just I just called him Shags. Yeah. Because he had such shags. And then mm. later in my notes, I was like, Shags is named Michael. Yeah. <laughs> to remind myself about it. But seriously, though, I was just looking at him. I was like, he looks like fucking the, the twins from Oasis. He looks exactly <laughs> like them. It's very funny to me. Um, <clears throat> You're missing out on Mandy Moore? I mean, I didn't fucking recognize her. I only knew from looking at the thing afterwards, like, oh, Mandy Moore, okay. I don't remember Mandy Moore. Mandy Moore (laughs) is not like Britney Spears or something where it's like, oh, yeah, everyone remembers and could place the face in the name. Like, no, Mandy Moore, no. Well, not in that same vein. Mandy Moore was also in. A walk to remember. Yes. Yeah. Nobody cares. <laughs> Which she was, uh, but she was also JD's like almost fiance on Scrubs. I mean, like okay. she was in a bunch of episodes. Like she had a long story arc with him in Scrubs. Right. I mean, I guess what I'm saying though is that there's not enough of a like you like I could watch a bunch of episodes of Scrubs and be like, hey, that lady's really good in this role. And have no clue that it's Mandy Moore of candy fame? Like, no, I I don't remember that shit. (laughs) I only knew that because I looked it up on Wikipedia before this thing. So, like, Mandy Moore is not that recognizable anymore, I don't think. (laughs) We had to take a poll. She's always recognizable to me. Um, And then, for some reason, I can never trust myself. And I don't know what that says about me, but as soon as I saw Sandra Oh, I was like, oh, it's Sandra Oh. oh or is it? And I was like, oh, am I a jerk? Am I a racist jerk who can't tell? Because I'm pretty sure that's Sandra Oh, but I feel like a total ass if it's not. And then it is. And I'm yeah. like, of course. Yeah. I, okay. I know what she looks like. Yeah. <laughs> There's something in my brain where I'm just like, am I just the idiot who goes, oh, it's Sandra Oh, because it's an Asian lady. Mm-hmm. Like an mm-hmm. asshole. So I yeah. always second guess myself yeah. on that. But that was fun. And then, of course, playing uh, Paolo. Larry Miller. Larry Miller is such a fucking, he's such a killer, like, side character, character actor guy. He really is. He he nails it and everything. Even though that, I mean, that part was also confusing to me because it was like, all right, we're getting ready for the Genovian ball. Here comes the hairdresser. And he's like, ah, I'm Paolo. Dude, this, that. And I'm like, wait, he's got a fucking accent. Is that a Genovian accent? And then he starts speaking Italian. So you're like... Okay, so nobody involved in this Genovia thing is ethnically Genovian. <laughs> so I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, I mean, at least not that they show the like, uh, I, yeah, I guess Duke Joe and could be. But I don't know. Well, the Duke and Duchess, the the woman with the long nose and the guy the that Barons? Was... Yes, not Duke and Duchess. Okay. The Baron and Baroness. Yeah. Yes. Okay, dude. Like <laughs> Oh my god. It's funny cuz like so much of the actual coming of age stuff in this movie is super great. 
And mm. most of that is because of how great Anne Hathaway is and Heather yeah. Monterazzo. Uh, Schwartzman's fine. He's all right. <laughs> <laughs> the jerk kid uh, who plays uh, the jerk kid. Eric, Eric Von Deek? Detton? Detton? Von yeah, Detton. Eric Von Detton. Oh, I, <laughs> I combine, combine James Vanderbeek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, something funny that I did not know is that he is the voice of Sid in Toy Story. I feel like I knew that from a while ago because he did a lot for the Disney Channel. I mean, I bet. Uh, he I was loved... in a bunch of Disney Channel movies. <laughs> I loved when her mom called him the Backstreet Boy clone. Yes. Uh, and it's like, it's true. He's got the whole like Aaron Carter haircut mm-hmm. or whatever, or whichever Carter Nick. was. Whichever. All the Carters Aaron had the was same the haircut. younger brother. Yeah, that... they all had the yeah. same haircut. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he's that guy. Uh, and of course, he's a jerk. And you can tell. Mm-hmm. This one, I was like, I wish that the movie had had gone a little different way with the whole, like, the boy that she likes but is a jerk. And the boy that likes her that's nice that she doesn't like or doesn't look at. Mm-hmm. Because the boy who she likes, like, I, I, I yeah. was... I was not having fun with that whole thing, mostly just because he was so clearly such a jerk. Right. You know, and there was like really nothing there. Like if there had been some sort of even if it like wound up at the end, like, oh, it was like a leading on kind of flirting Mm -hmm. or like he wanted homework answers or some junk Mm -hmm. like that. Like I could I could fly with that. But it was really just a case of like she thinks he's cute. And even if he's a dick, she's going to be like, oh, I want to date him. And it's like, come on, Mia. Yeah. You're better than this. And he just just wants his his 15 minutes. Yeah. That's, it was that was a bit of a bummer and like and then of course you have to get the flip side of that where when the nice boy who's been rejected realizes how rejected he's been he then is a total jerk to her mm-hmm. you know and all like oh I guess I don't matter I've been royally flushed see you later I'm so mad and it's just like god damn it this whole thing mm-hmm. like I wished that they could have like mm-hmm. it, just just cr- just make it like the one story you know what I mean have it be like them kind of getting together and then her princess shit gets in the way yeah you know and she has to do something instead of going on their date and then he's like you know feels rejected or whatever just make it one thing you don't have to include the dick boy just have the bully girls Mm -hmm. and not have the also dickhead boy right you know what i mean like it could be her and michael caught kissing that gets the you know that gets on the cover of the tabloids or whatever it doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. the jerk kid yeah you know like I, i don't know and the bully girls god they're such a stereotypical bully girls Mm -hmm. um like it was just like such a bummer of like we know nothing about them at all other than so their names just, rhyme yeah their names rhyme and they're just the fucking worst so like anything bad that happens to them you're just like thumbs up mm-hmm. like cone full of ice cream down the front of your fucking shirt like yeah because fuck you you <laughs> suck you're the worst sandra o's response to that is fucking brilliant <laughs> oh no sorry i was in an important meeting <laughs> send it out for dry cleaning <laughs> um so yeah like them getting their comeuppance is is good and all uh, I just thought it was funny that they come out at that fucking beach party and I'm like, oh, so they're also a 50s girl group as well as being bullies. Like mm-hmm. they just perform this song and I'm like, OK, look, it is 2001. How are they not being bullied for this? How does this make them cool? Are you kidding me? Everyone else would be like, what are they doing? Are they seriously doing a like doo song up there? What is their problem? Like, I don't think they would be seen as cool as this movie makes them out to be. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Um, but yeah, there are a whole bunch of jerks. That kid's a jerk. Like, I don't know if I needed that many jerks. Like, you need a little bit of something to make mm-hmm. her feel like an outcast. 
But yeah. like, it's just, it's just like, come on. <laughs> why, why is she getting dragged by all this? Because she gets dragged enough by her goddamn grandma. Mm-hmm. I oh man, I had an issue with grandma in this fucking movie. There were a ton of notes that I wrote down. Where I was just like, "Shut up, you stupid idiot!" I was tired of hearing her excuses. I was tired of hearing her like royal family bullshit excuses. It's a strange feeling being upset with Julie Andrews. Yeah, it's just like I was hoping that the movie was gonna take it in a way where it's like her free spirit, whatever, will like win out over. The stupid, you know, ancient royal tradition bullshit that she's being taught, you know, like that she'll she'll learn enough to not be quite such a goober, you know what I mean, in, in a yeah, certain yeah. sense, uh, but to still retain her sort of personality and the way that she does things and the way that she acts and all that. Because, like, I, I was just so frustrated with it at the very end when she's given her big speech. You know what I mean? And she's like going from the heart mm-hmm. and she starts sort of, you know, uh, tangentially rambling a little bit. Yeah. But I was just like, as soon as, as soon as grandma, as, as soon as queen grandma was like, like, you know, you gotta focus up. I was like, fucking shut up and let her talk, <laughs> you know, like let her be what she is. And it just sucks that it's like, even in the end result of like, I've learned that what I need, what I should do is, mm-hmm. you know, take my responsibility and do good and all that. And it's all nice and well and good. But at the same time, she's like still being curbed by the grandma yeah. while she's giving the speech about it. It's like, shut up. <laughs> you have not let her say anything all movie by being like, oh, does your bad posture affect your hearing? Like, Fuck you. You know it doesn't. You're just being a bitch. Like, come on, man. That is such a passive-aggressive, shitty way to go about that. That it's like, God, I was not a fan of Queen Grandma. I feel like we should sit down and watch the second one because you really need the redemption that Grandma gets in the second one. Uh, Because it's there. She, like, teaches Mia how to, like, cheat at all of the, like, Fancy, like, riding side saddle. They have a fake leg for riding side saddle, so you can just ride normal, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it still looks it right. Looks, and, exactly. you know, that's that's a whole thing. But, yeah, she she shows her all the little tricks and secrets and tips. And, and how to get around mm-hmm. the sort of the, like, terrible. Yeah, the, the bureaucratic, misogynist yeah, bullshit. bullshit. Okay, I mean, yeah, that, that definitely seems like something that would be necessary. I mean... You can tell that this is like a series of books because I mm. did look into that where it's like it's not like it was just like, yeah, there was the one book, the Princess Diaries book, and then they turned it into a movie franchise and added more stuff to it. It's like, oh, no, no, no. There's a whole bunch of books yeah. and they kind of just barely scratched the surface. Yeah. Uh, I did. <laughs> I have a note in here, too. Like her getting made fun of and, you know, just picked on and bullied and whatnot is obviously, you know, a, a part of the whole thing that, you know, her being uh, a princess and being taught mm. all these things maybe like shows her how to be more confident in herself and all that kind of stuff so it's like all right yeah that's good and all we don't need to keep mocking her still for things that aren't really mockable i wrote down i was like these fucking kids must be starved for drama to be making a big deal over her hair yeah. When she takes the hat off, when the when he makes her take the hat off and her hair is out and it's like, yeah, it's hair. Mm-hmm. I don't understand what anybody is commenting on in this scene. Like the girl's making fun of it. I'm like, what are you fucking talking? It's it's a haircut. 
it seems like that's not going to be that big of a deal. And the movie's just like, oh, no, it's a fucking huge deal. They are going to mock her relentlessly for having a, a, a good haircut. It's like, well, fuck, they mocked her relentlessly for having a bad haircut. She can't win. <laughs> this feels cruel. <laughs> I mean. You know, like, I, I, I'm just saying I would have preferred a moment where the other girls are, like, shocked into shutting the fuck up because of it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that she pulls the hair down and they're like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, well, there's nothing to do here. You can't do anything here. It's Anne Hathaway. It's Anne Hathaway without the fucking fake unibrow going on. Like this, is, we're we're doomed. We're powerless now. <laughs> That's how that scene should have rolled. I don't know. This movie had a bunch of things in it that I was just I was so surprised at how they just would like drop something on you. And it would just be like, and that's a totally normal thing. And we assume you have no questions moving on. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> so many questions. Why are we not answering them right now? Because, like, <clears throat> by the end of the movie, you know, when when Mia tells Heather Matarazzo, why can't I remember her name? Lily. Lily. Yeah, when she tells Lily <clears throat> that she's a princess and all that kind of stuff, or later when she tells her that she's going to renounce being a princess, mm -hmm. and she's like, oh, man, like, that's sort of a bummer. I wanted you to be a princess because... You would then have the sort of power to make real change like we've been wanting to do because we're this, you know, super mm -hmm. like liberal, gung-ho, change the world kind of kind of person. Then when at one point she's just says something about her cable show and then they just move on. And I'm like, why, why, does, why does Lily have a cable show? What is this about? And then they mention it again at a later scene. Like, you're going to come on my cable show, right? And I'm like, once again, why does Lily have a cable show and then they finally get to the cable show and it's like here's what was it grove high school or whatever mm -hmm. like that our channel and i'm like oh so not cable you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah, that's you that, you're local. on yeah sure. you are on your school's tv channel mm -hmm. totally different thing yeah i was like what the fuck why does he have this show <laughs> so confusing also confusing could not believe it wrote in all caps that it took an hour and 40 minutes into this hour and 56 minute long movie to explain something that I realized looking through my notes, they mentioned very early on and I immediately had a question about and they don't follow up on it until an hour and 40 minutes later. Very early in the movie <clears throat> when uh, Queen Grandma is talking to her about you know, becoming the princess and how important it is and all this and that, there's just a quick throwaway mention, and again, before they move on to the next scene, about how if uh, if she doesn't become the princess, then Genovia won't exist. And I was like, whoa, what? And then it's just like, scooch, moving on. And I'm like, oh, that's... Genovia as we know it. Well, I mean, that sounds like... <laughs> no, uh, yeah. Exa yeah, but I was just yeah. like, uh, what? That seems huge, and why? You know, and then I was further confused when they introduced the MP, so I was like, wait, so if they don't have a princess, this dude just, it's just done? They're just like, this country doesn't go anymore. You're fired. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what? but he's the, he's in charge of it. What's, why does, why is she so integral to it? And then finally, an hour and 40 minutes in, just before they do the big speech, they're like, and remember, if the princess doesn't take her princessdom, then that means that that baron and baroness that we talked to earlier would just, they would absorb Genovia and it would become a whole different country under them. Why didn't they explain that when those people showed up? It was it, it was offhandedly and very briefly mentioned earlier on in the movie. Uh, not very well explained. 
And if that's how you're seeing it, then like it clearly wasn't very well explained. <laughs> uh, it's if Mia had renounced her title, uh-huh. then the throne would go to them. Like they would then rule Genovia. Not that Genovia would then become a different country, like change its name and all that shit. Like there would just be. Oh, I, that's what it. That's what it seemed like to me when they when they talk about <laughs> how those people would take over. They they don't make it seem like the that like they get the throne, but just that like oh Genovia, then it doesn't work. Then then this is our this is the failsafe plan. Is that if Genovia's monarchy falls, then these people just take over the country, and now it's their country. There was also a little bit that I was confused about, um, and it's just it you know just having to do with like <laughs> royal succession and exactly what people knew at certain times because there's like a whole bit like in the first half of the movie about like don't fucking tell fucking anybody Mm -hmm. you know don't fucking tell anybody about it and then i thought it was super silly that they then would get limo drives with lily yeah and then that like random couple was coming up and like looking at the car and checking out the flags and joe's just kind of like he's not like shooing him away or anything and it's just like aren't you supposed to be very low profile and nobody's supposed to know about this whole thing, like, but you're well, driving Lily around in the Genovian taxis or whatever, or limos? I mean, they can always, it's the Genovian consulate. They could just say that, like, her grandma's, you know, whatever, an ambassador or something. And, you know, I guess, she isn't gets... that dangerously close to <laughs> admitting, though, that she's part of some sort of family there? I don't know. They want it to be a super secret, but then they're just like, yeah, but you could totally just use joe as a driver for you and your friends <laughs> as well that's fine like gossipy teenage girls they're not to be trusted i mean joe seemed to enjoy driving them that first day <laughs> <laughs> yes i mean that's because he's great and he's a wonderful man he really is uh, he's so I was, great he gets I, it's even better in the second one i was honestly surprised at a note that i took like when i looked back at them i was like i don't even remember writing that note i don't know what that was about because at the very end i was like wait a minute joe's going out with the queen like what? Oh wow! What's that all about? Like that seems wild. And then I assume that that has some sort of yeah. continuation in the second movie. But very early into the movie, I apparently did not realize it, but apparently wrote like, "Wait, is Joe doing the Queen?" With like a question mark. Like, is that what's happening here? Yeah. And I don't recall what caused that because obviously I know at the end when they're dancing in junk. It was when they were practicing dancing. Joe was practicing the spin out and spin in with Mia. And uh-huh. then and then she got she did the whole I spun without hurting anyone. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's dismissed. And then the queen gets up to leave and Joe like kind of stops her, leans over and turns on the radio and says, You've been wearing black for far too long. And oh, then starts that, dancing. Is that that much earlier in the movie? I it thought is. that was yeah. That's okay. that's like early on in princess training. Wow. Okay. Then then I just got it all weirded out in my head. Then that I forgot when it happened because I remember that. I thought yeah. that was much later. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. <clears throat> she was raised not a princess, obviously, Mia. Right. And she didn't even know that she was royalty. She did not know that her dad was a prince. Right. Right. Okay, so for one, it's like, I guess I understand the whole idea of like, you know, letting somebody live a life outside of the scrutiny and, you know, mm-hmm. public eye of, uh, of being a uh, princess that 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 brings, I guess. Yeah, like the level of paparazzi for this tiny country's princess feels insane to me. But it's like, eh, I guess, whatever. I mean, like, 
If it was England, I'd get it. Yeah. But it's not. It's Genovia. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just it just feels odd. Like to me, it feels like a very ramshackle country <laughs> because it's a country no one's ever heard of. It's between um, France and Spain. Sure, it is. That's uh, what they said. That was in, that was a question on Jeopardy. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but like when they when they're doing the ball, like I I understand that her going to the ball and like doing the like coming out ceremony of being a princess mm-hmm. is essentially the like confirmation of like oh, I am being a princess. Yes. You know. Obviously, it makes movie sense, you know, that she has a terrible time public speaking at the beginning of the movie. And then at the end of the movie, it's like, well, if you don't want to be, if you really don't want to be a princess, you have to announce that you don't want to be a princess Mm -hmm. in front of a huge crowd of people. So it's like, oh, geez, Mia, you got to do the thing that you hate in order to get out of this thing that you hate. (laughs) If you really hate it or maybe you like it. I don't know. We'll find out. Um, <clears throat> so, like, you know, that's all that's all clear and good and whatever. What I thought was strange was that they have those, like, news announcers doing that little bit of exposition before the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, where they're like, oh, here at the Genovian Ball, we've got this and that, whatever thing. And they talk specifically about, like, where Mia will make her decision tonight. And I'm like, why do they know that it's a decision? You know, like to everybody else, isn't this just the coming out ceremony of the princess and any other end result would be a surprise and not something that they are expecting? Or are they privy to inside knowledge that (laughs) that Mia doesn't really want to do this? Because as far as the public knows, as far as the press knows, it's like, yeah, there's a secret daughter of our (laughs) late prince. And so she will be the next in line for being a princess. She's clearly been hanging around with her queen grandma and all their people doing a whole bunch of fancy things. She's dolled up. Yeah. You know, she's all this stuff. (laughs) So to anybody else's outside perspective, they'd be like, and tonight she's going to say that she's the queen. But for the news announcers to specifically say, like, where she's going to make her decision, whether she wants to be a princess or not. It's like, why would they think she wouldn't? I mean, <laughs> it seems rum- odd. Rumblings from the other. Was it know, Paolo? That son of a bitch? Did he? <laughs> did he do it again? Or or the Baron? <laughs> I thought it was so silly that Paolo was the one who leaked it to the press. <laughs> it was like literally, dude. Literally, you're too proud of your work mm-hmm. that you're like, I can't let them not know that it was me who did this. So I I gave it up. Yeah. <laughs> like you dick. And the fact that he isn't dealt with at all. Mm-hmm. They're basically just like, oh, Paolo. Like, anyway. Well, what's done is done. <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's no like take him away. Yeah. I mean, obviously he's not gonna go to jail or something. But still, like nobody seems angry with him. They're just like, oh, that's what happened. God damn it, Paolo. Uh, anyway, well, if you want good hair, <laughs> yeah, right. You got to deal with it. I guess. I don't know. That was very silly to me. Um, the the other thing that I literally only noticed it in one of the last shots of the movie, and I'm like, did I? fucking miss a huge subplot or is this something that there was no way to cut out of the movie so it's just here as a remnant of something that was in the rest of the movie in a longer cut but um mia's mom is dating the teacher Mm -hmm. when the fuck did that happen at at the like ball i'm looking at all the couples dancing and i'm like oh that's the that's the teacher guy who was at first base telling mia to hit the ball or whatever when she hits that dude in the crotch and i'm like and he's dancing with Mia's mom? 
Yeah. Why is this happening? There was a whole scene it? about it. I do not remember yeah, that. Mia, what? Mia says, in what world does someone go into a PTA meeting and come out with a date? Don't you know how this could, you know, ruin my life? The kids will tease me endlessly, blah, blah, blah. And mom's like, well, he seems like a really good man. And it's been a really long time since I found a good man. Wow. No, not even, a, there, not even an wow, ounce of remembrance you, of this scene. That's, you must have been writing a very intense note or something <laughs> because that was like a full like two minutes. Yeah, no, none of that. Did not catch a single word of it. All right. Well, yeah, there there was a whole thing there. Okay. Yeah. Just a question mark. Yeah. <laughs> Is this happening? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they stay together. I'm I'm gonna ruin oh, the entire nice. second movie by the end of this. <laughs> and I guess <laughs> one uh, one thing that I was like, God damn it! It's so adorable. Like her performance of it, her wanting it the failure of doing it, even the setup of the final one that I thought it was leading to something brilliant and it wound up not being the goddamn, uh, like true love's kiss foot pop. Mm -hmm. Like I love the concept of it, that that's specifically what she wants. Yeah. Uh, that sort of felt to me kind of Gilmore girls ish, you know yeah. what I mean? Where it's like, mm -hmm. you're very specifically looking to like old movie tropes as to what you want your, you know, romance to be. <clears throat> Uh, failing at it in the shed with Josh, her foot gets all stuck in the fucking volleyball net and stuff. Like yeah. it doesn't work and all that. And then after she gets fucking traumatized by mm -hmm. by one him assuming that she'll just massage his feet, mm -hmm. then getting basically attacked by paparazzi, then seemingly being befriended by the girls who bullied her, and then getting again accosted by paparazzi. Because of those girls, like a huge, horrible, traumatizing night. And the thing that she mostly complains about is that she didn't get the foot pop when yeah. she's like crying to her mom when she's like sitting there. And I was like, that's so wonderful. And it helps these scenes not be so sad because mm -hmm. like that's just a really sad image. The teenage girl crying in her in her mom's arms over yeah, some like her, horrible night. Yeah. Her mom just saying it's OK. You just cry as much as you need to. Yeah. Like it's it's a very sad little oh, moment. And then that being her. Like the delivery of it is so yeah. perfect. It's so funny. My like it's foot so good. Didn't even pop. Yeah. Like it's she. She softens the blow by just being adorable. Um. <clears throat> so then at the end, she's kissing Michael, mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, here it comes. She's in her fancy dress. He's in his fancy. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's just a suit. It's just like his like church suit. I assume. Yeah. <laughs> when he showed up, I was just like, yeah, that's a that's a church suit for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like this is I just mean... what I wear when I go to fancy places. Um. Either way, though, <laughs> she's kissing him. Her foot starts a popping. It hits that lever. And I was like, fuck yes, this is going to end in some sort of hilarious <laughs> catastrophe. Because, of course, because that's who she is. She's the clumsy goofus. Mm -hmm. And no amount of princess training is going to change that. And this movie is going to end with the most hilarious punchline of the foot pop that she's always wanted causing like horrendous irreparable damage. And it's going to be amazing. And then it just turns the fountain and lights on and makes it look pretty. <laughs> and I was so, so bummed. You cannot understand how bummed I was. <laughs> 
I find it so funny that you were bummed because like <laughs> every time I've seen it, it's just been like, oh, that's so sweet. Good for her. That's adorable. What a great ending for them. Like, oh, all lovey-dovey and girly emotions. And you're like, damn it. Why didn't something blow up? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, legit, that would have been hilarious if her never... foot had kicked it up and then, <laughs> and then in the background, it's just this like... <laughs> That would have been the best ending to Princess Diaries ever. That is something that literally has never crossed my mind. It has always been like on and then lights and fountain and you see all the roses and it's beautiful. (laughs) No, man. (laughs) Full on disaster. That's what needed to happen. I needed fucking like lights falling out of the ceiling and stuff. Like pipes bursting. (laughs) Yeah, just full on like apocalyptic destruction to this like dance hall place wherever they're at. Just because it was the consulate. Yeah, I mean, yeah, whatever. It's just like that seemed like what that whole thing should have been leading to. And so I was like, uh Oh, it's just, it's just pretty. Cause like, okay, I even I was like still holding on to hope as that fountain turned on, or I was like, and then it's gonna like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's gonna get really, it's gonna like come out yeah. of there, right? Like it's gonna burst. No, nothing. No. Nope. Oh, they got it all fixed. <laughs> so that I was a little bit bummed about. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, she is still clumsy in the second movie. I mean, that that is good because <laughs> that, that's totally part of what's so great about it. I was reading that in her audition, she like clumsily fell out of her chair and the people were like, oh, that's so perfect. Like, yeah, because she's fucking great at it. <laughs> Trying to cross her. Yeah. Like, her it's so funny, too, because it's like, that's not that's not that difficult of a thing to do. It takes yeah. some effort to fall out of a chair doing that. And she makes it look effortless. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the thing that could actually happen to you. I don't know, she's she's absolutely great. Right. Like, uh, loved it. <laughs> it's like you wouldn't expect Anne Hathaway to be great at physical comedy as well. Oh, God, but right? She, it's like unfair. Yeah. <laughs> that she is so good at it. Did this one have, was she dealing with the fan in this one? No, there was no No, fan. that's the second. Oh, man, there's some great. Oh, we just need to watch the second one because <laughs> as much as I love this movie, the second one might be better okay well uh, i'll just say do not try to shoehorn <laughs> your response feeling like, so somehow the response to that movie that you did is princess diaries too like i don't believe you <laughs> i don't believe it for a fine. second fine i won't <laughs> unless it somehow magically does <laughs> if it somehow magically does great if not i will just shoehorn it in a different month <laughs> Um, and I don't know, I guess one last sort of thing to talk about just because, uh, it's, you know, hilarious and all, but her fat cat, fat Louie, <laughs> he was wonderful. Uh, he, I, I was reading great fat cat. Like I was reading that there were apparently four cats, like the cat that moved, the cat that didn't move, <laughs> the cat that would like jump and do things like that. And then Anne Hathaway's cat. <laughs> which is just it was just her cat yeah uh, and he's the one who's laying there at the end with the with the crown on that's her cat that's awesome. as opposed to all the other ones like who did things specifically for the movie yeah um i thought for a brief moment when she's doing her whole like escape plan mm-hmm. uh which i also thought was funny that joe who seemingly is uh ex-military <laughs> it seems like that's what his deal is right <clears throat> that he knows immediately 
that she is running. Yeah. When when she when he figures that thing out where it's just like, oh, I thought she was coming with her mom. Like, no, her mom just showed up. She said she was getting a ride with you. And he's like, she's running immediately. <laughs> That's the next words out of his mouth. It's like he she's doesn't even run. have to. Yeah, he doesn't even have to think about it for a second. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> also loved his little interrogation of the neighbor who I cannot fathom why his name is Robitussin. <laughs> I don't get that for a second. I don't know why the neighbor's name is Mr. Robitussin. It's it is the weirdest thing in the world that funny. stands out so much. For like He already has a silly character as like a writer guy mm-hmm. uh, who, you know, just like uses the world around him and turns it into <laughs> scripts while he's sitting there or whatever. Like, he's already yeah. a goofy enough character. Why is his name Mr. Robitussin? <laughs> don't understand it. Because it's funny. I guess. Um, but, you know, so Joe's Joe wants to go and stop her or whatever. And she opens that box <clears throat> or the diary or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that envelope falls out. And I'm like, OK, well, there you go. It falls out and it lands on the floor and it's out in the open. So then she's going to turn around and she's going to notice that the envelope is there and then pick it up and read it. And it'll be a letter from her dad, because obviously that's where this is going. Like, right. you know, I can yeah, see yeah. I saw all the moves ahead. And then the movie throws a curveball. When a fat cat lays on the envelope. <laughs> and I'm like, is she really not going to see the note because her fat cat was in the way? <laughs> that is ridiculous. That's the most ridiculous plot contrivance I've ever seen. That it's like, where? what do you mean? The envelope? I didn't see it. And the yeah. cat then moves like, oh, no. Louis. Yeah, but it was like, okay, no, no, no. The cat draws her attention to it. Yeah. And him laying on it is just like silly, I guess. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, I was- it's more that. She was going to get Louie. Like, all right, Louie, now I've packed up everything else. I got to pack up Louie now. Yeah, I and mean, so, yeah. and then like, oh, wait, Louie, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> <laughs> It just seemed like it was going to hide it from her. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is the silliest thing in this very silly movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> in the end, though, I, like I said at the beginning, I think seeing it now helped out so much. Mm-hmm. I feel like I enjoyed it so much more than I would have then because uh, I did. For the most part, you know, like other like other than being honestly confused at certain moments, but like, what? Wait a minute. What is happening? <laughs> there was very little like truly objectionable like, oh, this is this is low. Like this is kids movie like lameness because I think it's rated G, mm. you know, like it is very tame. There's oh, yeah. no craziness to it. There's the not even se- an ounce of swearing <laughs> the or sequel anything. sequel has Raven Simone. <laughs> yeah, so, in like peak so that's the Disney vibe. days, right? So like that that whole thing, it's very much a like for kids mm-hmm. kind of movie, and thankfully it doesn't feel as much like that. Yeah, like it probably helps that the characters are older, that they're teenagers, and it's not like some like eleven year old girl who's going to become a princess. Yeah. <laughs> that would probably be really low and really kid like. Yeah. Uh so thankful it's not that. Also <laughs> very just much so. The cast itself <clears throat> helps mm-hmm. tremendously. Good cast. <laughs> and I mean the director, uh Gary Marshall, is like, you know, super famous. He made pretty woman. You know, like he's yeah. he's a, a very good director. He knows <laughs> what he's doing and obviously, you know, saw in Anne Hathaway, like, oh, this is here we go. Like, she, there's she's gonna be a star. Yeah, like he, I, I guarantee <laughs> you, as soon as he realized how good she was, he's like, oh, this could, I could autopilot the rest of this shit, and it would be great because she's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but it, it doesn't feel like he did. It feels like it, like it's a very well made, oh yeah, kids movie. That, Lots of care went into this movie. Totally. It, there were only there were very few parts where I felt like what the hell just happened there? Like in terms of movie making stuff, not so much the story because the story had a bunch of confusing stuff to me, <laughs> but there was one scene where it was like a scene ended 
and somebody like finished the line, like, you know, the end button on a scene. And then there was just this like, like the song started. And I was like, okay, so this music's going to lead us into the next scene. And it like, it just ended when the scene cut uh-huh. into the next scene. And then the next scene had different music in it. And I was just like, oh, that was harsh. That was a weird like Scorsese style. Like we're just going <laughs> to, we're just going to cut right out of this song. We don't need the rest of it. It's, it's done its job. Like a really weird cut there. And I was like, mm. oh, ooh, that felt awkward. I don't know about that one, but uh, very few and far between. Yeah. I still love it. <laughs> I I might love it more now that I've actually seen the whole thing all the way through uncut. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, not uncut. That makes it sound like it's not a G-rated movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Princess Diaries uncut. <laughs> um, but, you know, not in syndicated form. That's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not, not the... Not the, the specifically formatted to fit your TV <laughs> version it, of the movie. Exactly. It's <laughs> it's the actual full theatrical version of the movie and it's still great and I <laughs> I definitely like might be watching the second one like before you come home from work tomorrow. Hey, that's totally fine. Oh my god, one last thing that I need to mention because I just remembered it when I looked at it because I thought it was one of the silliest things in the world. It's such a movie moment. Um the fact that her fucking gym teacher was going to flunk her for being bad at softball. <laughs> I was like, that is rough, man. Sometimes it's just not your thing. The idea that like she'll strike out and you'll be like, you fail. Like, what? And then she hits it and hits him in the dick and gets the like in the park home run and slides into home. And then her teacher goes, you just passed. Being like, if she didn't, she wouldn't have. Like, I mean, if she got thrown out at home, would it have been like, you fail? <laughs> like, you did not score that run. <laughs> You're out. You fail. It just, it was a, it was a strange bar to clear. <laughs> yeah. For a sports, like, for gym class. Yeah. You I know, mean, like, you could just let, kids can be bad at things. They can be trying and be bad at them. Yeah. You cannot fail them for that. <laughs> that yeah. seems really cruel, especially from the teacher who seems like, a level-headed lady, right? Who like tries to help her out later and is and is cool. Yeah, like, but she's like, but I will. <laughs> yeah, ethically, gym teacher's great, yeah. but like her grading system is fucked. It's super cruel. It's just like <laughs> if you don't at least get a sack bunt on this play, I will fail. Yeah, you. <laughs> like you have to do something. You can't strike out again. Like it's like, did she at least get partial credit for the foul ball? Yeah, like, like is that something that I don't know. startled all the cheerleaders? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I think that's going to wrap it up for popcorn for dinner for this week. Uh, this is Jeff and Kelly. Please don't crush my soy nuts. (laughs) 